Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kate Fakaronga mai koe ki to tato el horihori, hei hotaka e panaki a papa tuanuku tangaroa meirangi nui. This is our changing world on RNZ National, and now talking to the plants. Clover has to be New Zealand's most important agricultural plant, and we value it because of its ability to fix nitrogen. But actually, it's not the plant that does this, but rather the bacteria that live in special nodules on its roots. Clive Ronson at the University of Otago has devoted his life to understanding the relationship between the host clover and their root lodges, the bacteria. And I'm off to find out more about how these two talk. So I work in what we call the field of uh, symbiotic nitrogen fixation, that is the ability of certain plants and certain bacteria to interact with one another in order to, uh, for the plants to be able to gain a source of the nitrogen, which is essential for their growth, from the atmosphere and not to have to rely on things like nitrogen fertiliser. So as a home gardener, I think peas and beans. Peas and beans, and I think if you look in your lawn, you'll see lots of clover, especially if you don't put nitrogen fertiliser on your lawn, you'll see lots of clover. If you look at the hills around here, you'll see the nice bright yellow coloration. that's gorse. And uh, gorse is another legume that is able to thrive in those conditions because of its ability to form the symbiosis. Now you mentioned clover there, so that's a particular interest of yours? Yeah, clover is a big interest of ours because it's sort of essential for sustainable agriculture in New Zealand and there's quite a lot of evidence that uh, the symbiotic nitrogen fixation can limit uh, pasture productivity. There are lots of rhizobia in our soils but they're not all optimal for nitrogen fixation and I'm part of one research program that is looking at ways of trying to find the best possible rhizobia and then give them every advantage to be able to form nodules in what we call competition with the bacteria that are already in the soil. So it's a very competitive world out there. There's millions of these bacteria in every gram of soil, so when we try and add the best ones there, they've got a hard job to compete for that nodule formation. So the rhizobia, that's just the bacteria? So rhizobia is a generic term for bacteria that are able to form root nodules on legumes. and It's actually a very specific symbiotic association, so a particular legume like clover will only form the symbiosis with a particular type of rhizobia. And so the ones that form nodules on peas and the ones that form nodules on clover are different. The ones that form nodules on uh, gorse are extremely different. There's a very wide variety of rhizobia and each of those are specific for a particular legume plant. So the key thing here then is that the rhizobia that are specific for clover and those clover plants, and particularly their roots, need to be able to recognise each other. Absolutely. So if you can imagine a gram of soil, and it's got about a 1,000 million bacteria in it, and somehow or other the rhizobia and the plant have to recognise they're the right ones for each other, and the plant has to be very careful because a lot of those bacteria in the soil are potential pathogens, are potential bad guys, and it wants to make sure it only invites in the good ones it wants and 
I want to make absolutely sure that it excludes the bad guys, basically. So how does it do that? Well, it's a very complicated way, but basically the bacteria and the plant talk to each other. There is a communication going on. It's what we call a molecular communication. And basically the uh, plant sort of leaks from its roots, basically, a particular chemical compound, we call it a flavonoid, that signals just to the right rhizobia that, hey, I'm here, I'm looking to form a nodule with you. And the rhizobia that receives that signal then sends back another signal, it's called a nodulation factor, and it's that nodulation factor that then tells the plant to start the developmental process that leads to the formation of these root nodules. So if you dig up, say, a clover plant or a pea plant and you look on the roots, you'll see these sort of elongated cylinder-type structures on those roots, and those are the root nodules that we're talking about. So there's that initial part of signalling that basically... The plant sent the signal out, the rhizobias respond and say, hey, I'm here, let's go ahead, let's make this nice symbiotic association. So that is uh, one step in the signalling process. What we have recently discovered is that there is a second step as well, and I guess this is where we've made a reasonably good contribution in collaboration with our groups in Denmark and in the United States, a real collaborative, global collaborative research effort. We show that you know the plant also has to say, well, you're the good guy, but... I don't want some bad guy sneaking in with you, you know, so I want to make sure that once you're coming in there that you are the one I want and you're not somebody else. And what we found was that there are substances on the uh, surface of the bacteria, they're called polysaccharides, they play important roles in all sorts of biological processes. But what we showed was that the plant can actually recognise the right polysaccharide and say, yep, you've got the right coat on, you've got the right dress code, you can come in. And it can also recognise when you've got the wrong dress code. No, you're too scruffy, you're a bad guy, we're not going to let you in the door at all. So we've showed for the very first time, I think, that the plant has what we call a receptor. It has a molecule on its surface that can recognise these exopolysaccharides and can distinguish the good ones, the right ones, the ones that belong to the friend, and allow that friend in and distinguish it from the bad ones, the ones that might be on a pathogen or basically some other opportunistic bacteria that's trying to sneak in along and say, hey, you're not dressed right. Bang, stop. So it's a bit like you can come in, you're wearing a tie, you're not wearing... You've got to have the right dress code to get in, so this is the second step, yeah. That's exactly right. I think that's a good way to look at it. You're dressed right, you can come in, you're not dressed right. You're stopped right at the entrance to the door. And how is this signalling controlled? Is that a genetic thing? Yeah, so basically bacteria, you know, have these polysaccharides. They do all sorts of things. They're involved in pathogenesis of human pathogens. They're involved in the ability of bacteria to invade our immune system, things like that. They're involved in forming biofilms, which are really important in all sorts of areas and things like that. But the key thing is that each and every bacteria basically has a different type of polysaccharides, so they're different chemical signals, and so obviously that's, they are made by you know, proteins that are made by genes, but the other key thing on the genetic thing is that these receptor molecules on the surface of the plant that are able to recognise it, so it is a genetic thing, there are genes that are allowed to do that. We were, our discovery is the first receptor in any system that can recognise these polysaccharides, what is interesting that the type of protein it is, you have find similar proteins in just about all higher organisms. 
So we would suspect, but we don't know, obviously, but we feel it's an exciting thing to look for in the future is that these sorts of proteins that we find in animals as well as in other plants and in fungi for that matter as well play a similar role in those systems. So I think we've found the first recognition and as I would emphasise when I say we, it really is a global collaboration. It's essentially led by um, a centre of research excellence based in uh, Denmark and which we are international partners of. So involved four different groups in three different countries, a really big effort, but I think, you know, pretty important finding in the end. So what are the implications for, say, agriculture? Because obviously clover's really important in our pastoral yeah, so industries. I'm part of a programme led out of ag research and funded by MB, where we're trying to really see if we can improve nitrogen fixation in New Zealand pastures. And the way to do that is to identify the best possible rhizobia and then to identify what is the best way to give them every advantage to get into those nodules. And so it's not a short-term project, I can assure you of that. It's a very challenging project, but one can look to see, can you identify the bacteria that have the best dress code, the one that matches the receptor on the plant the best to give it the highest chance of recognition, things like that along the way. It's just one element of the overall process and programme but to get everything to work properly you've got to actually look at the whole system, you know, you can't just focus on one aspect, you've got to look at a large number of selection of the rhizobia, the way to get them onto the seed in the best possible way the best coats, the best signalling molecules, that sort of thing. Clover seed starts off life with some of these, is it in a sense inoculated from the very beginning? New Zealand soils are full of clover rhizobia, and so you, they will form nodules even if they don't have any when you add, it, add the seed to the soil, right, because of these ones that are already present. If there were no rhizobia present, then you would have to add them with the seed. But what we want to do is we want to be able to coat the seed with the best possible rhizobia and give those best possible rhizobia the best possible chance to form the nodule in competition with, and it's an intense competition they face in the uh, surroundings of the root with all of those indigenous bacteria that are already present. So you say indigenous bacteria there because I, I've been thinking this, clover isn't native to New Zealand. No, so. it's a very interesting question, how did these guys get here? Yeah. I guess they were probably somewhere on the uh, seed at some stage when the very early clover was accidentally introduced. In fact, the Rhizobium legum symbiosis has been recognised since Roman times. So the Romans, if they grew peas in a new area, they always took soil from the old area and stuck that in. They didn't know they were inoculating with Rhizobia there. What we've actually shown, interestingly, in our own situation, we're working on a model system called uh, Lotus Caniculatus or Lotus japonicus, and uh, the bacterium is called Mesorhizobium. What we've shown in New Zealand soils is that there are these mesorhizobia present everywhere, but they have no symbiosis genes. So they're like soil bacteria, but they have no ability, they do not have the genetic code required to form symbiosis. But we've also shown that that genetic code is on a transmissible genetic element. And so if you've added a few of the rhizobia to the soil, that transmissible element can transfer from those added rhizobia to the soil through those non-symbiotic rhizobia that were already in the soil and suddenly you've got a whole new population there 
that can then uh, compete for nodulation. So it's another aspect of our research that's not quite related to what I've been talking about, but gives the over, you know another view of the overall complexity of this process, the so-called process of horizontal gene transfer. And it's very interesting that you know, the ability to nodulate evolved a lot later than the bacteria themselves did. So they separ- the different rhizobia separated from one another a lot earlier than they gained the ability to form a symbiosis. So that ability to form the symbiosis is actually spread between bacteria by these mobile genetic elements. So it's a very complex situation. And that was Clive Ronson from the Department of Microbiology and Immunology at the University of Otago. That's all for now, but you can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're RNZ Science. Ki ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.